The Free For All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, News Talk 1010's Robert Turner is here. Amanda Galbraith, principal at Navigator, host of Free For All Fridays. And Toronto City Councillor and Budget Chief, Shelley Carroll. Oh, Shelley Fraptious, Joy Kalu Kalei, it's Budget Day. Are you all excited? <laughs> is this is this like uh, Easter and Christmas all wrapped? Up into one. Well, it is if you're you're uh, uh, on the budget committee because uh, it means that that we don't own it anymore. The mayor starts to own it today and uh, and make the changes that are are possible as a result of uh, you know late breaking actuals that are available in revenue. One of the aspects that she's taking control of is the tax hike. We've gone from ten point five percent to nine point five percent, which is lovely if you're a ratepayer, but that's a forty two million dollar climb down. It is, and and uh, you know a lot of it is hearing from people that that they they understand that the city needs to get back on track, but uh, uh, affordability is of course an issue for all of us. It's a it's an issue in running a city, and it's an issue in running a home. I I feel it in my own home every day. So uh, there's a combination of uh, uh, dividends that have come in higher than than usual, and a little bit out of stabilization reserve to get that amount down. Amanda. Do you feel like you've been played here that, uh, wow, it's not 10.5%, it's 9.5%. I'm supposed to say thank you. I'm shocked, shocked that they found a way to lower the tax rate below 10.5% just in time for the to, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's political theater. Uh, it's certainly an active choice. Um, that the mayor's office has made to kind of drag this out. And and it's not a new thing to say, hey, look, this is really tough. And then, oh, we're going to come somewhere lower. Um, I think hanging a double digit number out there, like above not like like above 10 to me, I, I still think strategically that was an error, like candidly. Um, and I think this mess still it was a little unnecessary. That being said, I mean, great, it's lower. It's still the highest, I think, you can correct me, but I, yeah. I believe it's still the highest tax increase in Toronto history. So well, the last one was seven. I, yeah, I know, which is, which is fair, right? But the thing is, is not a lot of people know that because they didn't make a big parade about it, Un, like unlike this time where inexplicably the government is doing that. So, um, you know, I, I still think it's the biggest tax increase in Toronto history, and I think that, unfortunately, will follow the mayor around. Okay, and Robert Turner, I remember picking a fight with John Tory at the time where he said, well, we're still below the, uh, you know, the level of inflation. It was like, yeah, because inflation's completely out of control. Yeah, I know. And there's that 1.5% that's locked in. That's a different number. So the, yeah. the, the, the 9.5 includes that 1.5, right? That's right. And this isn't all six in. that the federal government was going to be on the hook for, but now they're not on the hook for, even though we don't know how much money they're sending us. Yeah, we don't have the details on that yet. We'll get much more detail tomorrow, but uh, that is very, very good news that we are very grateful for from the federal government. It just feels like covering the budgets almost like an NBA game. Maybe we should just tune in for like the last 90 seconds and see what actually <laughs> yep. happens. Right? Like there's a lot of stuff that happens earlier that yeah, you don't really need to be here. <laughs> well, well, then you'd miss my part of the show, uh, which <laughs> would make my life quieter and my family would certainly like that. But, you know, people forget that, you know, I know we like to say it's theater, but it, it does have to do with numbers as well. 
and you know as Amanda knows it, it was always frustrating you you, you almost want to you almost want to shake staff we have to wait till January 31st to get the true number of assessment growth to get the true number of the CREATO dividend and so on and so forth and, and during that time the best thing you can do is listen very carefully to the community and figure out when you get that money and you need to problem solve what do you solve and and I, I think the mayor is going to make some very good problem solving announcements this morning no oh, okay well what about the police budget and and you know are we all going to be stabbed to death in our own homes well we gave the police uh, uh, 300 new bodies in 2022 300 new bodies in 2023 and 300 plus this year is what the city is funding and so we want a safe community and we are investing in a safe community and have done for the last three years under both mayors okay did you want to add anything to this uh, Robert or are we done with the budget I, I, I'm, I'm not happy to be paying more, yeah. but I guess we're happy that it's not as high. It just seems like what it is. What about your windrows? Yeah, did I keep the windrows? Are the windrows staying? I know the, I know you've stolen the leaf collection from me, Shelley, but what about the windrows? <laughs> well, you know, we have bitter people in Etobicoke and Scarborough. No, no. Um, uh, the mayor has a bunch of announcements to make, and I think there, there there's some discretion that will be left over some of the, the assessment growth, and so if that is the biggest problem that, that, that councillors want to put forward, I, I think there may be a solution for that as well. Since winter has sort of been put on the shelf for retooling this year and we haven't had it, does that save the city a bunch of money on snow clearing? Well, here's the thing. To embed it in the contract, uh, we, we have contracted out snow. Uh, whether we use the windrow trucks or not, it costs us $16 million a year. That's that's a, a retainer in the contract, and so um, you know, can we save money on it? That's why it was proposed. We we allowed the community to have the discussion. Is it essential, or do you want to save that money in your property tax? Okay, and one last question for you, Shelley. Have you seen the mayor's version of the budget? Do you already know what's in it? I do, but the mayor wants to make that announcement later. And so yeah, no, the, the details that are out mayor, are the details that are out. Is there a notebook or something you got on you can leave behind? Anything we can look at? No? Okay. Right. Oh, Robert. <laughs> okay, so uh, this was mentioned, but let's dig just a little bit deeper on it. Amanda, the feds finally ponied up the money for refugees. They won't say how much Toronto's getting. It doesn't look like it's going to be the $250 million. But finally, 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 I mean, even as late as 8.45 yesterday, morning, MP Marco Mendocino was saying, mm, I don't know. I am once again shocked, shocked that the feds have ponied up the money for refugees <laughs> that they've done every single other year. <laughs> so, um, you know, we don't know the quantum of it, obviously. Um, and I agree with you. It's, I mean, it's 300, I think the envelope's like 360 something million. Yeah, so, but multiple cities. Yeah. yeah. I don't think 250 goes to Toronto uh, as much as we think we're that important. Um, yeah, like they've done it every other year. Of course, they're going to do it. Um, I think that it is unfortunate that it's been left to whatever the eleventh hour here. Um, I'm sure that made some challenges for um, Councillor Carroll and her contingency planning. Should they not receive this funding? Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good news for the city, and it's the right thing to do. Like that, it's a federal responsibility. Cities were not designed to to. to deal with this kind of influx. So I'm glad they, they wised up and did it. Yeah. I mean, Robert Turner, this whole process, it's been like your roommate saying, you know, I'm not going to pay my half of the rent. Yeah. And, and there has been political theater going on here because remember we had the people sleeping out on Peter street and the government made an announcement and just on the announcement, no money actually moved. People started going out saying, Hey, where can we put you now? So clearly there was something that could have been done, but everybody needed to make the point. And I'm not cool 
with people being used as pawns by our governments. I, I, we need a better plan than that. Okay. Shelley, your thoughts? Well, I'm glad that they have finally recognized that this is a problem and it's happening across the country. Um, chiefly in, in Ontario and Quebec, these seem to be the points of entry, uh, and then they spread out across. But we we have to give these people, if these people are staying in Canada, then we have to give them a good start, or they, they, they really do become the burden to the nation that they don't want to be. And so we need this type of support. Um, Robert's right. Uh, we, we got a, an announcement and a promise in, in August, but, but we didn't get the actual check, the actual $97 million announcement. The check didn't come. So we've just been spending city funds over and over, city funds, city funds, city funds. We're, we're told that now they're going to pay up what was outstanding in 2023. We'll get more details tomorrow. And so uh, we, we really have seen the federal government wake up to the fact that people's lives are changing in in cities as a result of not addressing this. This will be better for everyone. The Premier of Alberta created a video yesterday in which she seems to be very cuddly and uh, she says, as Premier of this province, I want every Albertan that identifies as transgender to know I care deeply about you and I accept you as you are. Except that Alberta is banning gender-confirming procedures up until the age of 17. Um, I know you were quite quite exercised about this, Shelley. The one thing that I can't wrap my head around here amongst many things is, first of all, the obsession with transgenderism. But the other would be, let me get this straight, parents have to have the last say about pronouns, but parents do not get the last say on the medical procedures their kids are eligible for. That's the thing. There's there's so much bobbing and weaving in this legislation. Um, how far can I push this? How far can I push that? You have to opt in, not at the beginning of the year for, for sex ed classes, but you have to opt in to every single class where someone might mention gender identity. It's it's just it's just nuts. And and then and then the, there there's there's actual jeopardizing safety in here. Uh, you have to have your parents' permission to use a different pronoun at school. Well, uh, for for many, many years now, uh, lots of young people start by saying they want to use a different pronoun at school because they don't feel safe telling their parents, and they, 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 they really regularize it by starting at school with sensitive educators that, that are, are on board with it and let them do it. And so she's, she's actually jeopardizing safety and family structure here. In, for, for kids dealing with this. Amanda, there are plenty of young people who are out to their friends, out to their teachers, but not to their parents. And that may seem unwieldy and difficult and perhaps anti-parenting, but maybe it's because they're going to get kicked out or beaten up. But yeah, I think, listen, in those circumstances, obviously schools need to be sensitive to it. Um, we all need to be sensitive to it. I would say, I believe broadly, the vast majority of parents care deeply about their kids, um, need to know what's going on with their children, and which is why I think parents do need to be, like, I don't send my kid to school so the teachers can raise him. Like, I, I want to be informed about what's going on. Um, I've had experiences in my family where loved ones have come out to their friends, and, like, we were very, like, uh, you know, like, I literally... I think I would love to be the marshal of the pride parade. I go every year. Like it's not as if it's just people feel comfortable doing things at certain times. Right. Um, I don't agree with the ban on the surgery before the age of 17. I don't think that's appropriate at all, but I do think the idea that parents should have no say or should not be informed to me is not, I, I, I just doesn't stand for me. I wouldn't, if it was my kid, I'd want to know. Um, and I don't think it's up to the teacher to decide, um, 
you know, what goes on with the families. I don't. And Robert Turner, at the very least, they stopped short of a new law in Ohio, which doesn't even allow you to see a therapist to talk about gender identity. Yeah, look, I mean, I think there's a movement behind why some of these policies are being put forward that I'm uncomfortable with. But the idea that as a blanket policy, things should be hidden from parents. I'm not for. If there's a specific reason why parents shouldn't be looped in, then I think you can deal with that. And right now, the, the, T, the TDSB policy, I think, goes too far the other way, where they, they actively hide it from parents. If a kid's using a different name, they won't tell them unless the kid says that's okay. I don't think that's right. And I don't think our school system has shown that they're batting it out of the park every day and that they have yeah. the best interest of every child. Uh, you know, I, I, I spent half an hour in my kid's principal's office yesterday, and the story I could tell you, uh, parents Parents sometimes need to advocate for their kids, and that needs to be protected. Uh, I'm not an expert on, you know, transitioning and when medical procedures should be done, but it's Canada. If a kid wants to transition at 15, it's probably a five-year waiting list anyway, so this will solve itself. <laughs> I just hope every parent out there is as good a parent as you are and that Amanda is. I just, I'm not sure that every parent is well, as but, good a parent as you. But do we need you? to build the policy based on the worst possible parent and, and, and in reverse say then no parents can know? Or do we trust the oh. educators and school community to know, okay, okay, if the kid says to the teacher, I'm in danger at home if you tell them that my name is now Nancy, yeah. then that's a different set of discussions. Not and in Alberta. We're just, we're just not. Well, and, that, and that's the blanket policies both ways don't make sense. And that's yeah. where everybody's playing politics on this. No teenager is ever going to opt for Nancy. But anyway, my, my <laughs> thanks to you all. Amanda Galbraith, Shelley Carroll and Robert Turner. Shelley, have a great time at City Hall today. And it's <laughs> just, you know. It's like play, playing Pokemon Go, but with tax dollars. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.